Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And I was out and about at a meeting a couple weeks ago with David Pedry, who's the county manager of Luzerne County. And he said after the budget was revealed, he would like to come on the show and talk about it. And I said, but of course. So David Pedry is here this morning on WILK making good on that promise. And thanks very much for coming in. We really appreciate it. Oh, Sue, thank you for having me on at any time, really. It's, a, it's our pleasure to have you here. And we know that uh, Luzerne County obviously goes through a process every year to make up a budget and you hear from the department heads and the people and then you decide uh, what to do. So give us an insight into how this was uh, devised. Sure. So uh, I've just submitted the uh, fiscal year 2018 budget. It's um, uh, it's just a balanced budget once again uh, here in the county. Uh, it has to go through now eight separate budget hearings with our uh, county council. Um, we'll be taking uh, public input. We'll be taking all of their thoughts as well as county council's input. And hopefully we'll have a final determination of the budget uh, December 10th of 2018. Okay. Well, we'll get into the part where you give the people uh, the the maybe bad news, but nothing is final yet. And we all know there's room for, for changes. And uh, I understand that a lot of this budget has to do with the corrections system sure. and that we we know when people are offenders they have to go to prison have you you've had what a reoccurring costs, unexpected costs? Why is that expense so big? We're looking at you know in, in our budget this year about about thirty percent of our budget is our uh, is our prison, and you're going to have that time and time again. Uh, what it really comes down to uh, is just the criminal justice system and how it works. So we're doing a bunch of different things on this. We worked on a prison population task force, which has been uh, pretty successful on on identifying individuals that are being held by the judges, uh, that are being uh, waiting for for hearings and then moving them back to state quicker. We're looking at people with, with a large amount of bails. Why are they have these mar- large amount of bails and what are we doing to address those things? But listen, the prison has expenses. And in a lot of it is we have a, uh, a, a building that was built in the 1980s. It's eight floors um, and it sits in a building that was built right after the Civil War uh, right here in Luzerne County. And that is our Luzerne County Correctional Facility. I have heard in the past when I've gone to meetings that this makes it especially challenging for corrections officers because of the layout of the prison. And then people have said, well, well, would it be good to go in the direction of a new prison? And we all know that when we hear new prison, we hear construction. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, we see in front of our eyes many, many, many dollar signs. And, of course, people in the past looked at that juvenile center and all the... The hullabaloo that followed the construction of a different one. So will the day come when it just absolutely has to be done? I think the day will come. And the question is when. 
And how many more years can we sneak out of this uh, correctional facility? We are continuing to put money into this facility. Listen, obviously, we had the elevator incident with our tragic death of uh, Christopher Moles, um, our, our corrections officer, in July of 2017. These are all things that come into play here. This is an older facility. However, I want to be very clear with the public and be very clear with you. It is safe. It is secure. We have some great people working um, in our corrections uh, every single day. But we have eight separate floors, which means eight separate prisons. Um, which has to be which have to be staffed, um, and all of and and then everybody has to be fed. Everybody has to be clothed. Everybody has to have uh, access to showers, recreation, and those things are expensive. And listen, we're not here to complain about those things, but that's what we have here. And a lot of that also ties into uh, a lot of what I'm looking at right now with the opioid epidemic. Right. And and how has that changed? Corrections, I imagine, only for the worse. And when I've gone to meetings as well, they always talk about how drugs and alcohol seem to be at the root of many, many, many people being incarcerated. And I've heard like, I don't know, 70, 80 percent. So I would think with the opioid problem, this has only uh, made the situation much worse. Oh, uh, listen, I'm I'm a former prosecutor. I spent seven years in the DA's office. Uh, Ninety-five percent of the people I came in contact with had a drug problem, made a mistake, uh, something along those lines. Five percent of the people who were just horrible, bad people, I would say that right off. But 95% of the people that I personally came in contact with, um, and I think that number is still true today. Um, when I prepared, uh, the Luzerne County is entering into a litigation against the opioid manufacturers and right. the opioid uh, and the opioid distributors. Uh, when I prepared uh, that number, I came up with $7 million from corrections just off the top of my head sitting down with our director of corrections in the 2017 budget very, very easily without even trying. And you, you had that $7 million plus $6 million for children and youth. And that's really what the most upsetting thing is. How many times does our children and youth caseworkers have to go out for families that are affected by opioid abuse? In other words, if, if this problem were, were somehow solved, you would see millions of dollars oh. in a, a reduction of incarceration, right? And, well, and, and expenses. So when you, when you sit there as a former prosecutor and now somebody who manages the county, what are we doing wrong here? Well, I think a lot of it comes down to what are, well, if you look at the opioid lawsuit, a lot of it is uh, the distribution of pills and the pills become addictive and the addiction then turns to a harder drug. So it turns to heroin, um, and once people start getting on this heroin, it's very, very hard to get off it. And that's what becomes the burglaries, the the holding up a, a, a liquor store or something along those lines. And uh, you hear time and time again, these stories are horrible. But what we should be doing is putting our money in treatment, put our money in, uh, um, in education and catching these people before it turns to that point. But it, it seems to me that we've been trying to do those things for years and, well, at least with the educational component and... Uh, perhaps the treatment, but Dave, you know, treatment's expensive and it doesn't always work. And I think a lot of people look down their nose at that. They say, oh, that's not prison, that's treatment, and that's not a punishment. And so, I don't know. I, I just see these things as if you turn that key we would be in a, a much better place right now. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. The opioid epidemic and, and, our, and our drug and alcohol abuse in Luzerne County, especially northeastern Pennsylvania as a whole, uh, as in, across the state, it's, it, it's very, very difficult, very, very expensive, and how we work with that every single day. All right. And uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the other expenses that you incur. And in the past, there, was, there seemed to be, if I recall this correctly, a tendency 
for many of the past administrations of Luzerne County, whether you know, I'm going back to the commissioner of former government, to borrow to fill these budget gaps. Tendency is a nice word. Uh, I believe it's, it, it seemed to be, we were looking at where my, the numbers are right now. It seemed to be almost mandatory. Every year they were borrowing uh, 15, 20, 30 million dollars and sometimes horrible rates. Uh, the, the 2008 borrowing that we just were able to refinance uh, this year, they borrowed 20 million dollars Four, six million of that went into what's called bond insurance, which is they don't even we don't even have that money. They just hold on to that money, and so we really borrowed fourteen million dollars at variable rates while we're paying we're paying the rates on twenty million dollars. And it was a horrible deal that we are now we are now in the process of refinancing. But that's just what happened in two thousand and twelve when home rule came into to um, to play here. Uh, Luzerne County was over four hundred twenty million dollars in debt. As we stand here today in uh, 2017, we are just over $300 million in debt. Now, listen, you're not going to get a lot of county executives uh, proud of the fact that they're over $300 million in debt. Okay? I, I fully understand that. But what I am proud of is that we've made huge strides. Over $100 million of this debt's been paid off in just under five years. So how did you get by on not relying on borrowing? I mean, how did you get that train to stop? Well, that first county council in 2012 had to make some some major decisions, um, as well as uh, the county management in, in that in that period. Really what it came down to, right-sizing the government. When I started in the DA's office in 2004, we had over 2,000 employees working for the county. As we stand here today uh, in 2017, we have just uh, over 1,500 employees. So right-sizing the government, doing things the right way, looking at things like consolidating services. You know, our, our operations division had came up to me the other day and said, hey, listen, if we buy all of these air filters for our buildings, I bet we can save some money. I said, oh, that's a great idea. Don't don't buy them all separately. It's 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 common sense, really. He said, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. We saved twenty four thousand dollars, just like that. And it's picking up those dimes and nickels and doing things the right way that get us there. In 2015, we entered a surplus of six point seven million dollars. In 20, 2016, we entered a surplus of one point three million dollars. We're getting there. We're turning a corner. I I I'm not sure if I got our whole body around that corner just yet, but we got our foot out and we're trying to do what we can financially. Was 1,500 people still too many? If you ask me, start, it's getting to the point, though, Sue, that you're going to start talking about customer service. Uh, it's going to start talking about services. Look at the size of Luzerne County. 322,000 people and an area the size of the state of Rhode Island can fit within Luzerne County. So the county of Luzerne provides services to all of those individuals every single day. So 1,500 people, I, listen, it sounds like a, a large number, but when you look at the size and what we do every single day in the county... Uh, you started talking about what are we doing for customer service, and that's a major issue with me. Yeah, and I'd like you to talk about some of the individuals who work in Luzerne County. Everybody has this impression in their mind that they're living high off the hog and they're a bunch of fat cats and so on and so forth. But I was there the other day, and I heard um, some some salaries that are are not extraordinary, and I believe some of them may even be listed in a story in the paper today that you have people who are making in the you know the mid 20s over sure. there right yeah I absolutely mean, a lot of people are not getting rich at those jobs listen uh you the, the county and you know i was listening on my way over here 
uh, I always turn into WYLK News Radio. A uh, little plug for you there. Thank uh, you. And I was into one of your sponsors, and it was uh, ZipRecruiter. And ZipRecruiter was saying, hey, listen, how do you find people? How do you get people in? How do you retain those individuals? And this is an issue that we have in the county. We're always looking for the best. We're always looking for the brightest. Some people still think that it was the commissioner days uh, where uh, you had to know somebody to get a job at the county. And listen, those days are, are over. I encourage people to go to our website, uh, loserncounty.org, and apply for jobs. But some of these jobs, you know, they're not high-paying jobs. We just hired five deputy sheriffs at $28,000 uh, each a year. Now, those are five highly trained, uh, in, in very important individuals. Uh, you know, those individuals serve our papers, protect us here at the courthouse, provide prisoner transport, a, a slew of duties that the sheriff does every single day. And $28,000 um, would, would be their salary. There's not a ton of county employees making six figures. I mean, like, I think off the top of my head, um, you know, a very, very small number. Our division heads make less than six figures. Listen, our the, the county worker is there because they want to be there. What I have to tell each of our orientation classes is that they're there because they want to do good. They want to do something that's right for their community. Um, and it's definitely not the salaries that draw people into Luzerne County. Uh, but I think it's the, um, the, the, I'd like to think it's the environment that keeps them there. We'll talk more with uh, David Pedri of Luzerne County. He's the manager, and we'll talk about the, uh, the there is a TAX increase that's been proposed. In case the kids are listening, I don't want them to get scared. But I know some of the taxpayers are up in arms, and we'll talk about why on the other side, because we have Luzerne County Manager David Pedri with us this morning. And uh, every time you announce a, a budget, David, the people are always waiting to know what their tax increase will be. They never hear about a tax decrease. Does that ever happen anywhere in the country? Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, in 2029, the ca- the county looks to be out of debt in 2029. And I said, I'd love to be the county manager then because, man, that's going to be a good day. <laughs> so do you, think, do you think in that the future, in tw- and it's so far away, the day would ever come where you say, yep, your taxes will go down 2% this year. Listen, 2020, listen, and, and uh, the county's funding for our uh, for our debt service. So this is all borrowings that have been done and by the commissioners in the past. It's 20% of our budget, 20, $26 million a year, 20, 20 cents on every dollar goes out uh, to, uh, to their debt service every year. Well, and again, once that stops, that you would think there would be uh, some relief for the marvelous taxpayer. Now, when you announced this budget the other day, you told the people the news that they might see an increase. Right? Sure. Yeah, and that increase is uh, it's two percent increase. Okay. Uh, so on every county parcel that's worth a hundred thousand dollars, you're looking at a do- extra dollar a month. And it's not something that we do lightly, uh, and it's not something that we do flippantly or, or, or quickly or anything along those lines. We have spent hours um, in a uh, conference room with our budget and finance people. I saw our budget and finance team more often than I saw my family for the month of September. Uh, but we uh, were able to, to come up with this 2% because, not because we think that we, we can't do it, but because this is what we need in order to continue to move the county forward. Okay. And when you, when you are formulating that that kind of increase obviously you know immediately when it does come out you will be you'll you'll be criticized yeah. because anytime taxes go up the people they don't really think about what you just said the the amount they think about there they go again why why can't they and this is the question we hear all the time so i'm going to ask it to you sure why can't you cut more things instead of raising people's taxes 
uh, I fully appreciate that. Now, here's what I would say. We've cut and we've cut and we've cut. And we talked about how we cut our, our workforce down from 2,000 down to 1,500. And we're continuing to cut everywhere we possibly can. But things go up. Just like anybody who runs a household knows things go up. This year in 2018, we have $700,000 increases for health care. Okay? That's, there's nothing we can do on that. That's an increase for our health care. That's the, the amount of money that we have to pay. There's a million-dollar increase for our pension fund. Now, the pension fund is not something that uh, I'm that I'm thrilled to be able to put general fund monies in there. But the situation is, is that we've made a promise to those individuals that there will be a pension and that they will continue to pay into that pension, that when they retire, they'll be able to collect that pension. And we made a promise to those individuals and we have to upkeep that promise. This was really a, um, a, a reaction, Sue, to losing those employees. Good news, we cut payroll. We cut those 500 employees. Bad news, those individuals paid 5% of their salaries into the pension fund every single year. So now, without that 5%, we got to come up with that extra funding to get in there. Our pension is currently about 75% funded, and that's pretty good. And we don't want to go anywhere near, uh, uh, we don't want to go anywhere less than that. I sit on the retirement board, and it's not something that uh, we take lightly. You know, in addition to that, we have $600,000 um, in, in union-guaranteed uh, contractual raises as well as merit uh, for non-rep individuals. So I'm at 2.3, and I didn't even do anything yet. Well, I, I, I see your issue here, and I see your trouble. Now, you have these contractually obligated raises for employees, and then— I saw some of the the boo birds come come out for merit raise increases. Sure. And uh, what is the methodology on on the evaluation for employees uh, for merit raises? And what is the uh, the range of raises? Well, we're looking at uh, a maximum of three percent for any non rep individual, and we're this it would be a total in the budget of twenty eighteen of one hundred sixty three thousand dollars total. So you're looking at um, a complete budget of just over $140 million. We're talking about, uh, for non-rep individuals, $163,000. Now, listen, here's what comes down to the evaluations of the merit. I could very easily come in and say, everybody gets 3%. If you work for us on January 1st of 2018, congratulations, here's your raise. But that's not how we should do things. That's not how our corporation should run. That's not how we should be working here. What we should be doing is rewarding our good employees and the ones who are, aren't carrying the water need to know this is not this is this is this will not be there for you. Now listen, our represented individuals, they get raises every single every single year. But our non-rep individuals didn't get raises from 2008 to 2016. There was no raise in 2017. And now we're looking to do a 3% raise based upon merit in 2018. So Sue, I, you know, those individuals, I get that understanding, but I'm going to stand up for our people here and I'm going to say, "Hey, listen, when it comes down to non-rep individuals, when it comes down to anybody, if somebody works at a job for 10 years, and you get two raises in that 10 years based upon merit, would you be happy with that? That's what we're giving our non-rep individuals. I understand it's tight out there. I fully understand that. But we're talking about 3% when it's based upon people who do a good job. It's based upon merit, not just whether you're not whether you're working for us or not. We're doing things the right way for the first time. How, how is that evaluation done? So we'll review the evaluation with our department heads. Um, it's a comprehensive evaluation with uh, human resources. Uh, it goes to the division head level, which is the, the eight division heads uh, right directly below me, and I'll have the final say on that determination. And we're going to review what they did in their, in their year. How did they hire? What were their accomplishments? Did they stay within their budget? How did we work these things? 
all those things come into play. We got to run this thing like a corporation to a certain extent. People say governments uh, should be run like a business. And you know what? I, I disagree with a lot of that statement, but there are certain things that have to be done. We have to look at every single contract and we have to uh, support our individuals and we have to do um, specific job evaluations. It can't just be go along, get along. All right. David Pedri is here. We are back with Luzerne County Manager David Pedri on WILK. Here's a couple questions for you. Who runs the pension plan? What company? Uh, we have a uh, re- uh, employee uh, working with us for the retirement fund, um, as well as um, our broker is Rich Azori uh, as well. Okay. This is one that you and I talked about, but not on air. And a lot of people were um, obviously irate and dubious at the same time. How come the county had uh, thousands of dollars of unpaid water bills for a leak on their fountain and the water company threatens to shut off my water for an outstanding balance of $80? Yeah, this one, uh, it drove me nuts too. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, What happens is we turn the water fountain on in 2015. Something happens where the the water continues to run uh, during that entire time period here. Uh, the water company had us on a, uh, a a monthly payment, so they were looking at the, the every monthly you you pay this amount, this amount, this amount, this amount, and then all of a sudden they came out to look at the monitor after months of this thing moving, and we get a ninety five thousand dollar bill. So obviously. I just, I'm not the county manager at the time, but I'm incensed. I'm, 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 everybody's really nervous about this. And so we sat down with the water company, and they said, well, you use $90,000 worth of water. And then I said, hey, listen, you should be checking us every other month, and that's your fault. And we went back and forth the whole thing, and we were able to come up with a, a settlement of $45,000. Now, listen, I'm not thrilled about it either. I get it. But what do we have? We have a water bill for this amount of money, and you know we got to pay it at some point. We, we enter into a reasonable agreement with everybody. I'm not thrilled about it either. I fully get it. I will tell you this: we pulled the meter off of that water. <laughs> that water. I'm not interested in doing the, uh, interested in working with this company anytime uh, soon with regard to our fountain. Uh, there, we have to look at see how that fountain works. But this is what we got, and then we made a determination as to how we pay that uh, with uh, uh, Act 13 Marcellus Shale funds. As so opposed was, to county taxpayer funds. Rec, it was recreational money? Correct. The, the state every year provides us with uh, just over between two or $300,000 in recreational funds, which we utilize for black fly spraying um, uh, and some other things as well. Um, and we had to use it for, for that that year. Didn't somebody hear that water running through the pipes like I would hear at my house? No one's there. Uh, and it's very, no one's out there at the Millennium Circle. Well, uh, where, I, that is so odd to me that nobody would be aware of... Listen, I'm not going to get into personnel issues regarding the individuals who were involved there. I would say that the county, that it, it ran, we got that giant uh, bill, and we were able to negotiate it down. I'm not thrilled about it either. I get it. Believe me. But uh, we've taken steps to kind of hopefully uh, to close that barn door. All right. Now, last year, there was a, a suggestion, and we, we talked about this off air, but it's it's terribly... Uh, amusing to me that people did go, in, including me, and I call myself out on this. When you you suggested last year that there would be a five dollar fee for every vehicle owned by a county resident, everybody went bananas, sure. and they sort of ignored the fact that there was also a tax increase. They were they they put that off, but they went crazy over the specter of a five dollar 
vehicle fee, and I didn't think that was a very good idea. But you explained to me why that was proposed. Obviously, it was taken off the table, but uh, do go through the logic sure. on that. Sure. Listen, it comes down to that That $5 goes directly to county roads and bridges, okay? We have 127 miles of roads and over 300 bridges in Luzerne County. Uh, I've been told that there are 600 county-owned bridges in the entire Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, and we own 300 of them. So literally, if someone wants to buy a bridge, I will give them a bridge anytime they want it. Uh, but we have to take care of these roads. we got to take care of these bridges. Uh, the state put forth uh, an opportunity to say, if you put an extra $5 on registration, uh, every uh, car owner will be able to pay into uh, the, uh, the fund here, and that goes uh, directly to the county roads and bridges. The way I saw this fee, to tell you the truth, was it hits the, the homeowner and it hits the renter. You know, time and time again, we go back to the homeowner, back to the business owner, back to the property owner, time and time again. And this is the one fee that I was able to see to say, hey, listen, this hits everybody in Luzerne County, whether you own a home or not. Um, people were obviously very upset by it. I was surprised by the reaction, to tell you the truth. I, didn't, I, I, I personally didn't think it was that, uh, that incredible of an ask. Uh, instead of $36, we can get $41 uh, on, your, on, your, on your bill. But people were very incensed about it, and we were able to pull it off the table. Now, since then, a bunch of other counties have taken it under control. I think there's just under 20 counties right now uh, have the $5 fee, including uh, Schuylkill County is looking at it, our neighbors to the south. So once it becomes widely acceptable, is it a possibility it might be accepted here by the people who are just obstinate about everything? Probably not. Listen, I'm gonna. This is this is after that reaction. This is going to be a county council, whatever they want to do with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Put it in that category. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's. I guess people think I'm paying. This is the way I saw it, and I'll explain it. You already pay the registration fee for your vehicle. If you have a truck, it's even more. Pennsylvanians are paying an extraordinary gas tax. Sure. So a lot of people thought this was just piling on. Yeah, it seems like a nickel and dime. I, I get it for the $5. I, I, I fully understand that. But when you look at we got to upkeep all these roads and bridges, and I get phone calls from people. Well, listen, we're, we're finally able to uh, to pave Chase Road out in Jackson Township. That was a, People were concerned about that. You know, that's where those fundings would go in order to take care of these roads and bridges, which is not, not something we take lightly. How How is it that that county road can sit in Jackson Township? Do you ever think of trying to get some of these municipalities to take their roads back? Boy, have I. <laughs> Guess <laughs> but, so. But uh, the only municipalities who are interested in, um, in working with us so far with regard to some of our bridges are Butler Township and uh, Black Creek Township. They've taken two bridges um, off the counties. Uh, but really... What I'm looking to do with some of our other roads is getting them up to a, a high level, uh, fixing them, and then hopefully turning them over to the municipalities for their upkeep uh, and their their control from there. Uh, but you listen, roads are expensive. Uh, I'm I'm thrilled about the 2,000 jobs coming into the Hanover Industrial Park, uh, North Point Development, and Chewy.com over there. Something that we have worked with from boy before they put their first shovel on the ground. We've been working with those guys and. Um, I'm really thrilled that 2,000 jobs are coming to the Hanover Industrial Park. But what do we have here? We got county roads leading into the Hanover Industrial Park. So now I'm working with Hanover Township and the developers and the private entities to say, hey, listen, we got 2,000 cars coming in and out of here. We got trucks. We got 24-hour day services. What are we going to do to make sure that that's there? Everybody sees economic development as a different way with regards to government. My personal um, thoughts on this is economic development should be the government supports the private entity, and then gets out of their way. 
So it should be us to support them, giving them the roads, giving them the, the ability to, to work with us, and then getting them out of the way and letting people go to work every single day in a safe and secure manner. David Petrie is the county manager. We'll talk about the uh, doings in the courthouse. The the Wow, there's a huge project going on there right now. I saw it the other day in person, and it's very impressive, but it does cost money. And we'll talk about why it was time to do that, and we'll talk about the county website. Dave Pedri is here, the county manager of Luzerne County. I was in the courthouse on Friday, and uh, you can't help but notice the scaffolding and all of the activity that have to do with a, a project. I, I guess it was time to do some renovations on the courthouse. It is a beautiful building, but it had some structural issues. Sure. 2009 uh, was the last time we looked at this uh, rotunda. We did the out, outside of the rotunda, but uh, time and time again, the uh, the, the beautiful uh, murals were damaged uh, by, by water. Uh, there is a large amount, believe it or not, tobacco and nicotine damage because people smoked in the courthouse up until until uh, late 80s. All these things come into play, and we only have one chance to keep this building. This building is really just a beautiful uh, uh, once-in-a-lifetime building that is unbelievably built right here in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. If you haven't been to the courthouse recently, please take it upon yourself to do it. I'm so lucky to be able to work in this building every single day, and I I walk in uh, in, through the the garage into the parking lot, and I say, wow, look look at this thing. And it's it's, it's marble, it's gorgeous, and it should be there for our children, be there for our grandchildren, and we got to take care of it. And when all these murals uh, were, were falling down, there's plaster actually falling from the roof, and there was a netting across the rotunda of the Luzerne County Courthouse from 2009 until uh, 2017. And we got to take care of what we have. This is the, the last uh, beautiful building that we have here in the county, and uh, we need to make sure we take care of it. So I asked County Council for approval for a, a giant renovation project. It's $2.1 million uh, for a county council uh, in order to, to allocate those funds from our capital funds. And it's not something that, uh, they quickly did. We went a lot, through a lot of um, a lot of options with it, uh, but I am very very pleased with the the, the results just even so far. Uh, we did also receive two grants of about two hundred thousand uh, dollars, and we're continuing to look at whatever we can be doing. But once you come into that building, uh, you'll be able to see uh, how beautiful this rotunda should be, and we hope and have that that project done uh, in March of twenty eighteen. Certainly during the, um, what was it, during the Depression where they had some uh, works, works. The work projects, right? Yeah, they they painted Mm -hmm. a lot of those murals, right? Wasn't that part of what happened? Sure, yeah, they did a lot of those uh, beautiful murals. I mean, that thing was built in 1907. And the marble and these murals, I mean, once in a lifetime uh, opportunities to, to, to really, truly take care of these things and do things the right way. And so, listen, we got bids from all over the nation. We got two bidders who are probably the top two bidders in the entire renovations uh, bid on this. And we were able to select John Canning and Associates. Uh, they've been uh, working diligently every single day. Look at the south entrance of the courthouse. That's that's right uh, as you come in um, uh, from the street on River Street. If you come in there, just what they've done there, we'd use that as a pilot project, has been, uh, has, has been pretty impressive. In the 60s, some com- county commissioners decided to paint the ceiling r- pink. I don't know why they did it. Uh, they covered stencil and they painted. They they took away all the color. They they added color uh, and they took away from their murals. Um, but now we're, we're we're getting things on uh, on the on the path here. So uh, come March, come in, 
uh, and, and take a tour. And if you get a chance to go on a tour of the Luzerne County Courthouse, uh, please take them. Sean Deucer from Judge Hughes uh, Department gives phenomenal tours. Tony Brooks from uh, from Wilkes-Barre City uh, Council gives phenomenal tours as well. Um, right. I've been a couple of them. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.